Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome back to another episode of the FT Lull podcast. We are back again with another feature session and we've got a belter for you. Our guest today is former Brighton, Leicester, Southampton midfielder, turn podcaster, Mr Dean Hammond. How are you, sir? I'm very well, mate. Very well. Thank you for the introduction. Very nice. Nice. How How is the dog as well? How, how's that going? <laughs> Oh, how long have we got? Um, interesting. It's a new experience for me, I must admit. I've got three children and I thought that was tough, but um, rewarding. Um, but the dog, uh, the dog's good. But yeah, she's uh, yeah, a little bit mischievous, put it that way. Okay, yeah, that, that's definitely put me off. I've yeah, got two, <laughs> two myself, but um, I think throwing a, an animal into the equation at the minute is... He's going to be a bit too manic, but yeah, fair play to you. And was you doing all the sort of uh, lockdown homeschooling and, and stuff like that as well? Yeah, with, with the three kids. I mean, we're very fortunate that the, the school they go to is a very, very good school. Um, and the homeschooling was all done via, via Zoom, by different things like that. And the teachers were brilliant. So, yeah, it was tough uh, at times, but uh, we got through mm-hmm. it. And, you know, the kids are back at school now. Which is, <laughs> yeah, lovely. good stuff, good stuff. You uh, you managed to get out and see a, a game of football in the stadium yet? Because, yeah, that was obviously a lot different, weren't it, in playing behind closed doors and, and stuff like that? Very, very different. Yeah, I've been to a few, to be fair. I've been obviously work for Southampton now. I do a few games for Leicester. Um, so I've been to a few games um, and, you know, uh, co-commentating and anal- analysing games for, for my previous club. So, yeah, it was... It was really different during lockdown with, with no fans in the stadiums. Mm. It was um, a little bit eerie, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but now the fans are back, it is brilliant. And the atmospheres are back and, and I think the football has been brilliant. So, yeah, it's good to see. Yeah, I feel like they're better than they was before now, the atmospheres. They're just, obviously, they, they might have taken it for granted before and now they kind of know that they, yeah, they've got to turn up for their team. And, yeah, they, there's some teams that are, are doing a lot better now that the fans are back in there. So, yeah, interesting stuff. Um, But before we get into your team, Dean, just a little bit about yourself. So how how did it all start for you, football-wise? Was it an early bloomer or...? It's a good question. Uh, I mean, what's an early bloomer? I think I started playing (laughs) kicking the ball around with with my my parents and my family about five or six. Um, And then I just got the bug, really. Uh, Mum and Dad love football, um, football fanatics, love watching the game and stuff, so... Just played locally um, from Hastings originally, so I played for a local team. Um, and the gradually, you know, school teams, districts, and then got picked up for, for Brighton at um, age 11 um, and went into the School of Exeter there at 11 years old and and then and turned left school at 16 and signed YTS forms as it was in, in the old days mm. um, to go into full-time football. So, yeah, as soon as I started kicking a ball, I loved it and never left my side and just kicking a ball against the wall or smashing it against a radiator at home, <laughs> annoying my sister, as we all do. She yeah. used to go crazy and, and smash things in the house and my mum and dad used to go crazy as well. But um, yeah, all part of the process. So yeah, from a very early age, loved the game. Nice. And Hastings, what's the, is, is Brighton the, the sort of local 
big team then, would you say? Or is it? Yeah, it is. It, it would be. I mean, Brighton from Hastings is about an hour. Um, you've got okay. Charlton just over an hour as well. But yeah, Brighton is with my, my local team. Really. And when I signed for Brighton 11, you used to get free tickets to go to the Goldstone, which it was then, which is a bit different now to, to the Amex, but the Goldstone ground. And then when they left that and went to play at Gillingham and ground share with Gillingham, used to go to the games there. Yeah, so I used to go with my dad quite a lot, which was, which was great. Um, but it was, wasn't Premier League football then, it was League Two football. So a bit different. Yeah, yeah, so it's a mile away from where they are now, even though uh, a lot of Brighton fans are complaining at being like eighth or ninth in the league. I don't think they were about back then, yeah. Yeah. yeah and um, I guess there was a few United fans down at Hastings as well. There is there is everywhere pretty much in the, in the country, certainly that. The time you were growing up, they were just uh, just kicking off, weren't they, starting to, to well, come through? Yeah. You do, you say that. You say, um, my mum, my mum's a Man United fan, so uh, like you say, oh, really? you get everywhere. So yeah, I, d- I don't. Yeah. And my dad's a Nottingham Forest fan, so there's a bit of a uh, bit of rivalry in the in the household. Yeah, fair play. And was you always a, a midfielder from when you started, or? Yeah, always played midfield. From from, I can't remember playing any other position. I think I was pushed out wide a couple of times, um, but always a central midfield player. Um, always used to wear the number seven shirt when I was younger. Um, always tried to insist on that as well, mm. um, which was all right when I was younger because my my Sunday league team, my dad was the manager, so I could I could persuade him to be able to wear number seven. Oh, one of those, um, eh? Yeah, but like just love playing midfield because you you're always in the game. There's always action. You're ever attacking and defending. You're in the middle of the pitch, um, so you're always involved and you can influence the game. So um, yeah, love playing midfield and um, like you say, never really played anywhere different during my career. I played left wing a little bit for Brighton. Um, but yeah, I think if I played a couple of more years when I was older, I might have drifted back to centre half maybe, but it, it never quite happened. So centre mid, central midfield, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I started off in midfield, but I couldn't knock it. Uh, <laughs> ended up being a right back and the, the occasional left back as well. But yeah, that's, that's as far as I got really. Um, but yeah, if, if we... If we get into your team, so what formation have you gone with? Well, I'm a bit of a traditionist, so I'm going to go for a, for a normal 4-4-2, I think. I played many different formations during my career, 4-4-2, 3-5-2, 4-3-3, in midfield, um, lots of different formations. But uh, um, I quite like simplicity in my life and a bit of a traditionist, so we'll, we'll go 4-4-2. Yeah, I, I want to see more of that, to be honest. So, so many teams now are going 4-3-3, three, three, which is fine if you've got the players, but sometimes you just need to to have them two up top. I, I can't remember the last big man, little man partnership I've seen. <laughs> but Burnley are trying to bring it back a little bit now with Corner out there. But yeah, I, I can't remember before that last time I seen one of those. They were They were all the rage back then, weren't they? So... Out all the rage. It was always, like you say, two up top, uh, big man, small man, get it up to the big man, flick on, uh, and then yeah. you know, quick, quick player next to him as a goal scorer. So, yeah, I mean, it's going out of the game, but football goes around in circles. I'm sure it'll come back. I mean, a lot of teams now are trying to play the, the 3 5 2 to try and get two, two forwards back up front and uh, yeah. still keep the three players in midfield. So it's difficult, uh, but I think if you can play 4 4 2, which I think you can, um, if you're, if you, if you, um, kind of train the formation and learn the formation and train and really work on it. I think it's still, I think it's still working the modern game. 
yeah, no, I, I agree with that as well. And yeah, hopefully, as you as you say, football goes in circles, we'll we'll start seeing that sort of stuff again. But yeah, I'm really intrigued to see some of your picks here because I I don't have a clue for for some of these positions. Are you, are you going to pick? You you play with some just top sides, and not, you played at them at some really exciting times as well, where a load of good players were were coming through at the same time. But yeah, in in net, who have you gone with in goal? Well, like you said, I played some. I was fortunate to play with some really, really good, good players. Uh, fortunate enough to play some really good goalkeepers and difficult, difficult decisions. To be honest, um, Kelvin Davis at Southampton was fantastic. It really, really was. Not only as a player, but as a person and as a captain as well. Brilliant around the dressing room, um, but really, really performed for the club and really successful. And is still there now. So he shows how much he meant to the football club. But I, look, I, I had to go for Casper Smichael. Yeah. Just. Fantastic goalkeeper. Again, really good person. Works so hard in training. Loves the game. Dedicated to the game. An absolute winner. Um, would train how he played as well. And you can see from the crew he's had, and you know, domestically, um, internationally as well for Denmark. Um, and he's still going strong now. So he was a huge reason why Leicester won the, the Premier League. Um, he's a huge reason why we got promoted from the Championship to the Premier League. And and why we stayed in the Premier League before the year before we won it. So, yeah, brilliant. And, you know, I've never seen a goalkeeper kick the ball like he does as well. You know, the amount of goals and assists he would get from, uh, not quite an assist, but maybe the first pass from maybe yeah. one or two passes that would end lead to a goal. So, exceptional player. And like I say, a good person as well. And, you know, he's, he's not had it easy because of who his dad was and what a legend he was. But I can, I can safely say that he's a top player in his own rights and, He's a legend at Leicester. Uh, really is. Yeah, I think he's definitely now like a, a top ten Premier League goalie ever. I think you know his, his dad was obviously top top class, um, but he's yeah he's he's knocking on the door. He's not too far behind <laughs> Premier League guys. Do you reckon it was harder than the fact that his dad was who his dad was? Well, I think there's always an expectation, isn't there? And there's always that. I suppose that, I don't know, that anchor on you, on your back sort of thing of, of uh, um, you know, your, your Peter Smichael's son. Maybe people would be jealous and feel as though he'd get opportunities because of who his dad was. But he's earned that right himself. And yeah. uh, honestly, I, you, you know that and fans know that. But I've worked with him and he's a top class goalkeeper and he, he deserves everything he gets because he works really, really hard and um, really dedicated to to. To, to the way he trains and the way he plays and he loves the game but I'm sure it was difficult for him for, for growing up and um, you know he came through at Man City and then I think he might he might he had to drop down to Notts County and then he went to Leeds mm. and then he's come to Leicester so you know he's built his career as well it's not been handed to him on a plate um, but yeah I, but I, you look at it the other way I think it might have helped him as well you know all them times to to be able to lean on his dad and have a conversation with his dad and get some tips and and some ideas from that I'm sure have helped him during his career. Yeah, yeah, to have that that sort of mentor there, there's not <laughs> there's not many better people you could ask for. And yeah, I, but saying that, there's not many sort of footballers with famous dads that have have really come close to replicating mm. what he's done, isn't it? And and made made a career in his own right. But yeah, as an Arsenal fan, I mean, I, I hate playing against Casper Schmeichel there's been a few games it, it feels like he always has a worldie against us there's been yeah. a few games where we've absolutely battered the Leicester goal and just just can't score so 
yeah, selfishly, I think I'm, I'm waiting for the day that he retires <laughs> for when we play them. Yeah, so uh, right back, who who have you gone with there? Well, again, I've always got a, I've always got a number of players that I could mention um, for for when I played. I mean, I played with with Paul Watson at Brighton, brilliant, brilliant right back. He was actually left footed, um, but oh, he played right. right back and used to cut back. He used to cut inside on his left foot, and the amount of goals he set up for Bobby Zamora um, was ridiculous. But he was another Hastings boy. Um, but he was excellent. Danny Butterfield at Southampton was very, very good. Um, Fraser Richardson, again, was at Southampton. Excellent, excellent player. Really, really was. Um, and then two were, were batting it out at the time when I was at, at Southampton. But I'd have to go with Bruno at, at Brighton. Um, okay, fantastic yeah. player. Again, another really, really good pro. Um, he was part, there was about four or five Spanish players at Brighton when I went back on loan. Um, and we got to the we got to the playoffs that year. It should have actually gone up automatically. We had a brilliant team, and, and Bruno was was fantastic. He really attacking, tack minded right back, and lots of assists. Um, would score some goals. If he did score, they all seemed to be welders from you know half volleys mm. or curling them from the edge of the box. Um, but brilliant, really, really good, and, and fit as anything as well. Could run all day. So yeah, Bruno was just edit for me. He was an excellent player. Really, really wasn't. Like you can see, he went on and captain Brighton to, to the Premier League and now he's part of the coaching staff. So you can see what sort of person he is as well. Yeah, I've I've heard the the name a lot when when sort of Brighton players talk about the best that they've played with that that name Bruno does come up a lot. And yeah, I, I wasn't sure if he was still there as a player actually, because he, he went on quite a long time, didn't he? I think he He's got quite a lot of years. Yeah, I think he retired. I think he retired probably two or three years ago now. He had a couple of years, maybe a year in the Premier League, couple of years sort of thing. But there he's now. He's like a bit of a mentor now. Um, mm. he's, he's on the coaching staff, and I don't know, but I'm, I'm I would guess that he's doing his coaching badges, and, and at some point will have a a really important role to play in um, in at Brighton. Um, what that is, I'm not sure, but hasn't gone back to Spain, has stayed in the country, um, seems really happy in Brighton and he must have been there now six, seven years. So um, really good servant so far. Mm, maybe he convinced Cucurella to come down to Brighton. <laughs> maybe, yeah, exactly. Brighton yeah. Sunshine. Good player as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a good player. And uh, talking of Cucurella and left-backs, his, his side of the pitch, I mean, I, I guess you would have loved to play with him. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's an excellent player, isn't he? Uh, Brighton's performing very, very well. And, and Brighton seemed to do that, seemed to find gems from, from nowhere that, that none of us have really heard about. And, you know, he's got an amazing hairstyle as well, so you, you, can't, you can't miss him. Uh, but again, attacking player, really good. Um, I remember the first time I, I watched him actually was live when I was covering the Leicester game and they, they beat Leicester um, 2-1 and he was excellent. He really, really was very comfortable on his left foot, attack-minded, quick. Um, but defended well and um, mm. was surprised how physical he was as well. So yeah, good good signing from Brighton. Yeah, yeah, he's he's up there and he one of the best this season, I think. Yeah, so left back. I've I've got an idea who you might go for, but I I might be uh, massively wrong. <laughs> well, it was between two. So yeah, how have you judged two. it? Have you have you sort of judged it on? Uh, I was judging when they played with me, so yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I, I try not to judge it on their careers. It helps, 
but I try to judge it on the fact of the time that I played with them. Um, yeah, the I think I, I think that's the right way to be fair. On, on yeah, this. and um, when I was at Leicester, Paul Konchesky was was excellent. Uh, really was again a ridiculous pro. One of the fittest players I've, I've played with was in the gym twice a day, trained hard as as anyone else, um, and had a fantastic career. And uh, I think he's almost played for every London club. I think uh, Conch <laughs> to be fair, um, apart from Chelsea. But I'd have to go for Wayne Bridge. Wayne Bridge at, at Brighton was was immense. Um, brilliant player and he was coming towards the end of his career and he was I think it was at the time he was at Man City he wasn't in the fold there and was kind of um, not wanted at the club under Mancini um, and he came on loan to, to Brighton and he was brilliant he really honestly he was fantastic um, he didn't look like he wanted to train ever but then he'd be the best player in training um, oh, yeah. and then you come to a game and he always looks he always looked out of breath and then he'd get the ball and he'd run 50 yards of it, taking three players on, get a crossing, he'd get cleared and he'd run back. Just an exceptional player. He really, really was and a really nice guy as well. Really down to earth, settled in with the lads as well. Um, but yeah, what a player, what a left foot. And again, a real winner. You know, yeah. maybe it doesn't come across that in Bridgie with his persona. Um, as you see him, he looks quite chilled, quite relaxed, but wow, did he want to win? Um, and yeah, a brilliant player. And he was one of the reasons that season why we did so well at Ryan. He was, he was fantastic. Yeah. He, he always sort of comes across to me as like, just like confident in his, in himself and, and what he's about. Like, and that you don't hear any, you know, any trouble with him really. And he's not, he's not got the ego from, from what I understand, but you know, he, he's been, I suppose when I was first getting into football in like early early two thousands, he was on top of his game there. And yeah, when when you played with him, did he? I think he got in the team of the year, didn't he? Championship. Yeah, he, that year, so. yeah. he was brilliant. And you think really during his era, he would have played week in, or he would have played every game for England if he'd not had Ashley Cole. Yeah, yeah. Now, Ashley Cole was probably, if not one of the best left backs this country's ever seen. So that was the only reason why you know Bridgie didn't play more times for England. Um, mm. and probably more times at Chelsea to be honest um, but what a player what a player yeah. I think he got a, still got a fair few yeah he did to yeah. be fair yeah but yeah, yeah if Cole weren't there could be talking 100 plus easy. Nah, easy yeah yeah, yeah. so centre backs again difficult one because I play with some some proper leaders um, and some players that I have to mention and players that I'm probably going to forget and, and, and miss out, to be honest. But, you know, Radhi Jaidi, when he was at Southampton, coming towards the end of his career, but brilliant around the dressing room. And um, honestly, when, when you train with him and you ran into him, it was like running into a brick wall. He was so strong and so good in the air. He used to time his headers really well. Mm. Guy Butters at Brighton, I thought, was absolutely brilliant. Again, coming towards the end of his career, didn't look like he was in the best shape, but I can't remember him ever losing a header. Read the game, fantastic. You know, early in his career, came through at Tottenham. He used to play with Paul Gascoigne and he was in that era. But brilliant player. It's a difficult one for me. Gordon Greer at Brian was excellent, but I think it's out of it's out of three players. I've now got to choose two. So it's out of Wes Morgan, Jose Fonte, and Matty Upson. So I played with Matty Upson at Brighton as well. And, okay. Um, I'm going to put Matty Upson in because, 
he's left footed, so I want to balance it off. So I'm kind of being a little bit tactical. I didn't realise he was at Brighton. I did. Yeah, I didn't he came on loan. So we had we had Matty Upson at left um, uh, centre half and Wayne Bridge at left fullback. We had we had something. Some That's team, another Brighton. one that could have got absolutely tons of England caps if yeah, you didn't have but, yeah, Terry Ferdinand yeah, yeah. and Campbell going through. Yeah, and he had yeah. his injuries as well. And I played yeah. with Matty at Brighton and then he came to Leicester when I went to Leicester as well. So I played with him at Leicester as well. So I'm going to go Matty Upson. I just think, brilliant. Read the game, fantastic. Really quick, quicker than you expected and mm. really good on the ball as well. And um, used to drive out from the defence and, and start quite a lot of our attacks for, at Brighton. Because um, Gus Boyd was a manager and he liked that. He liked the centre-arse coming out of the ball and, and Matty was great. And I'm going to have to go, oh, it's a tough one. I'm going to have to go Jose Fonte. And I feel really bad because Wes Morgan has obviously won the Premier League. He's won the FA Cup and good captain at Leicester. Mm. Really nice person. Great laugh off the pitch as well. Uh, really calm presence, Wes. Great player, really is. And doesn't quite get the credit I think he deserves with the career mm. he's had. And he was an exceptional player. Um, I remember his first his debut in the Premier League when we played Everton he played against Lukaku and Lukaku did not get a kick Wes was so strong against him he was fantastic but mm. I'd have to go for, for Jose Fonte when I was at Southampton we both signed in League One got the club to the to the Premier League and you know his career kicked on from there you know he, he played many many times in, in uh, for Southampton in the Premier League captain the club uh, went to West Ham he's gone to China he's won the European Championship with Portugal yeah. He's gone to France and won the, um, the, the the title there. Yeah. So and he's still playing now at thirty seven, I think thirty eight. Um, again, good pro, um, really dedicated to the game. You know, he was always in unbelievable condition. Didn't really drink, but yeah, yeah, top player and led by example. So I I say Jose Fontaine and Matty Upton. Yeah, it's an unbelievable story that one because like he's he's in League One, and he's not even like. A youngster, is he? he? Sort of should be coming to his prime years potentially, and yeah, as you say, he's gone on to to win the Euros, win the title in France against that super team, super PSG yeah. team, and yeah, st- still doing it to this day. It's it's incredible, really, how how good he is. And his brother, I, I don't know if you played with his brother or not. I, I think he might have gone Palace or Southampton, but he, he started off at Arsenal. And he was right. supposed to be the the better of the Fontes, but yeah, uh, Rui his name was. But he he just went, um, God knows where he went, just off the face of the earth. And Jose's <laughs> just gone from strength to strength. So yeah, it, did he did he settle straight away then when he came came in? Were you there when he when he came through? Or you were you already? Uh, did he come in before you at Southampton? No, I was already at Southampton, so I signed in the summer, um, and then he came in January. So he was actually at Crystal Palace at the time. He dropped down from the Championship to mm. come to League One to to Southampton and settled in straight away. Uh, settled in, and uh, you could just see why he'd come to the club. Southampton at the time were a massive club, really ambitious with the owners, new ownership, and Alan Pardew was the manager, and we were only going in one direction, going up. Yeah, um, and, and we did that really. So you know, brave move from from for Jose dropping down from the Championship. Uh, but settled in straight away and made it, made a huge difference. Really, really did. Very, very good player. Yeah, just really classy. And it would have been interesting to see if he got in the prem like a few years earlier and had a few more years because I think we might we might be talking about him. Maybe not, you know, in the top five or anything like that. But 
definitely one of the, the upper echelon of Premier League centre-backs. Yeah, I mean, when he did play at Southampton in Premier League, he had that really good partnership with um, Van Dijk. Um, them two together were excellent, really, really good and complemented each other very, very well. So, yeah, look, he's a, he's a, he's a really, really good player. And again, another player that just worked really hard. You know, he didn't, obviously, every, pre- natural, every professional footballer's got natural ability, um, but Joe said worked really hard at his game, on and off the pitch. So, mm-hmm. yeah, deserves everything. Yeah. Okay, so midfield, where do you want to start in midfield? Well, where do we start? I mean, again, it's so, I mean, I'm so lucky I play with so many good players. It's, it's, it's very hard to, to pick, but I've got some outstanding players, I'd have to say. I, on, the, on, the, uh, on the right wing, um, I would put Riyad Mahrez. Riyad Mahrez was, when he was at Leicester, came in from France, League Two team, I think, from France. We were in the Championship. Came in very slender, um, not much, not much to him. Mm. Um, didn't speak a word of English. Um, oh, really? His first, yeah, and his first training session was wow. You took your breath away, really. You know, tried to take too many players on, but would occasionally take a lot of players on and put it in the top corner, but would lose it at times. So it took him a little time to adapt and actually learn the game. But once he did, uh, I think he scored on his debut against Blackpool. Where he, he cut inside and curled one in the top corner for Leicester. Um, and you can see the crew he's had now, you know, winning the Premier League with Leicester, going to Man City. Um, he won the African Cup of Nations, I think, as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, exceptional player. And, yeah, very, very, and really strong. Yeah, I mean, he's only like, he's, he's only slight. You've seen him quite skinny looking, really, but yeah. really strong on the ball. Very hard to knock him off the ball. He used his body really good and his balance off the ball. He was brilliant. He, when he was in full flight and taking players on, really, really do, and he had that chop. You know, he'd go to shoot and he'd chop back and yeah. chop again and chop again. Um, brilliant player. So, yeah, Riyad Mahrez. Nice. Yeah, I, I was expecting that one. I, I wasn't expecting you to say he was uh, like really strong on the ball and, and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, there is, so there is nothing of him, is there? He's, I, I don't know how much he weighs. He, he might weigh about... Yeah, he just gets his body... Yeah, his balance and his, his body position is brilliant. And he moves the ball really quick, but he's really strong on the ball. Mm. If you watch him play, he very rarely gets knocked off the ball. When he's with the ball, I mean, when he's running with the ball, protecting the ball, it's very hard to get him off the ball. He's a brilliant player. Yeah, and what he's, what he's gone on to achieve now. I, I don't know if City was the right move for him, though. I would have, I would have uh, liked to see him at an Arsenal or, or something like that, <laughs> maybe. But, yeah... He's he's obviously doing very well, and Pep, I think Pep does trust him in them them big games. He doesn't play him every week, but when yeah, when they're playing the top side, he's often in the team. Isn't he? So uh, you going on the left now, or, or yeah, something? on the left hand side again, uh, exceptional player. Um, I'd have to go with Adam Alana. Uh, he's one of the best players, if not the best player I played with. Uh, both footed. Cruyff turn with both feet, um, scored goals, assisted goals. His vision was, was brilliant. Uh, works again, another player. I mean, it's quite a common theme. Just worked really hard at his game. One yeah. of the best trainers. Uh, yeah. He's probably one of the most naturally gifted players I've seen. You know, when you just see a player and he just looks like he's meant to be a footballer. He just kind of glides. And if it hadn't been, you know, he still won the Premier League. He's, he's won the Champions League at Liverpool. Um, 
but unfortunately he's had a lot of injuries and I think if he hadn't have had those injuries he would have played a lot more at Liverpool um, and he would be an absolute legend there because he's a he's a brilliant player um, like I say one of the best players I've played with and made me look silly many many times in training he was uh, yeah very good player both footed looked natural you could, you couldn't really tell what foot he was you know yeah. he was left or right foot and he's just yeah so gifted but worked at his game as well didn't take that for granted and Look, he's captain quite a lot of teams where he's been at. He's very vocal, very loud, um, got a, a, an opinion, but a real real football intelligence. He knows exactly what he's talking about when he talks about football. So, yeah, yeah. good play. Yeah, I, I always wish he got more England caps because he, he's a clever player as well. He never yeah. never seems to get in the way of attacks or, you know, make the wrong decision or anything like that. And Yeah, I, I agree. You're top player... In, oh, he he seems a bit fiery as well. He's been in a few little yeah he scraps is, yeah. like yeah. yeah. He's a he's a fiery character. He's a, a great guy. He, honestly, good laugh, great personality. Really, really good to the younger players. Great in the group. But yeah, he's fiery. Had yeah, really fiery. He can uh, gets wound up on the on the pitch. And um, I remember a few arguments he's had in training. I remember having one one argument with Radhi Jaidi. So yeah, that could show how fiery he is in Brighton. He's uh, he's gone for the uh, pick the the biggest guy and then <laughs> <laughs> yeah fair fair enough yeah we, yeah well, I think he got in into it with Yaya once as well so uh, he's got Probably. yeah he's got some form for it but yeah that's yeah that's a top player say so best or potentially the best you've ever played with that is that is a yeah. big shout for some players in this team yeah. Yeah. I'd say I'd say it's just because just just natural ability and the way how hard he worked. He was yeah, and I played with him in his prime, I think, which which yeah. helps. Brilliant. Yeah, it was weird like seeing him in League One and the Championship, and everyone was seeming to be talking about Lalana every week, and it's like, oh, when's he going? When's he going? And yeah, he he stayed. He stayed for as long as as long as possible at Southampton, and they got his best years out of him. So they, they've done very well out of that, I think. But I, I didn't know if you were maybe going to put him centre mid, but are you, have you got yourself centre mid? No, nah, I've never put myself. You haven't? Oh, I, I thought you might. I, I would. I, I'd want to put myself in. I'd happily oh, take, take a place on the bench with this team, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I, would have loved, I would love to have played in this team. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't quite make it, put it that way. Fair enough. But yes, centre midfield players, um, strong positions, strong player. You know, Morgan Snyder, brilliant player. Jack Cork, brilliant player. Danny Drinkwater, Matty James, Andy King, exceptional players, really, really were. Um, I'm probably missing players out here. Stephen Davis, again, at Southampton, only played him for a short period of time, but good, good player. Um, but I'd have to go for the two, um, Esteban Cambiasso which was um, a joy and a privilege to play with. Learned so much off him. I only played with him for a, for a year um, when he came at Leicester. And he was at the end of his career then, but still, what a player. Uh, with that left foot, his awareness yeah. and his vision. His vision was, you know, he could see a pass, two or three passes before it happened, and he knew what he was going to do with the ball. Um, very rarely got caught on the ball because he knew what he was going to do before he received it. Um, such a simple thing to do, but he'd done it so effectively. Um, great player, love the game as well. 
Um, and then um, uh, Kante, you know, when he came in, again, only played with him for a short period of time, but the career he's had and the impact he had at Leicester. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen a midfield player like him um, where he covers the ground so quickly, reads the game to win the ball back and he's quick and he's sharp. Re- I mean, I'm talking ridiculously sharp, like getting the ball back. It's I've never seen anything like it or played against anything like it. You, you had to, when you're playing against, you had to play one touch, two touch, otherwise you just, you just take the ball off you. Um, so those two would be the best midfield players that I've played with. Yeah, that's a ridiculous midfield too. Like that's that's two of the best centre mids in Europe in the last twenty years in that yeah. team. So yeah, I mean, that's why I can't be in the team. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Can't they? When when he first came in, then what did you think? Because he's like five foot four, coming out of France. Do you think? Oh, no problem. Or. Well, exactly. When he came, look, I didn't know who he was. You know, he come from, again, a bit like Riyad Mahrez, come from a League Two team, I think, in France. The club had played, I don't know, a small amount of fee for him, a few million pounds. Didn't know anything about him. And obviously, when he was welcomed into the dressing room and spoke to the lads, like you say, quite quite small in his presence. Uh, First training session was exceptional. So we thought, whoa, who have we got here? Um, and the first game we played was actually a cup game against away at Berry, and he played left. He played left wing actually, um, and he was unbelievable oh, right. left wing. You know, <laughs> and he, he's naturally a central midfield player. Yeah, um, and he didn't actually get in the Leicester team for the first few games. To I'm honest, I think Andy King kept him out of the team for for a while. But when he got in, I think he came on the game. He made the impact and never looked back. Was a game against Aston Villa at home. We were two one down. He came on and we ended up winning the game three two. Yeah, I remember um, that game. And yeah, I mean, but such a nice guy, really quiet, you know, really quiet. Didn't say yeah. a lot, didn't speak a lot, but yeah, really smiled all the time, always smiling, always seemed happy. But oh, yeah. I was hoping you'd say he's a, a bit of a bastard off the pitch and it was all, nah, all for sure. <laughs> nicest person you're, you're ever meet. I think he's a, I think, I think he's a qualified accountant as well. So really intelligent guy. Really? Okay. Yeah. He's, you, you, I, I, don't, I don't think you could find anyone with so bad word against him. And he's just a brilliant footballer. Well, if there is, if there's anyone that was going to, I, th- I thought it might be you. Uh, given, <laughs> given what happened. But yeah, if, if even you're singing his praises, then he must be, <laughs> he must be a very, very nice man. But yeah, you can't, you can't hate him, can you? He's just no. And what's he? He won the Premier League at, with Leicester. Then he won won the Premier League with Chelsea. Then he won the World Cup. I mean, he's 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 been unbelievable. Mm. Yeah, we had a, we had a Leicester fan on doing a like a their best eleven that they've they've seen of, of Leicester players in their lifetime, and they had the same midfield too as you. So yeah. both of them only playing at Leicester for a year, and getting in in that side and you know Leicester have had people like Ndidi and yeah. Muzzy is it Dennis Wise and stuff but yeah it just shows how good those two are and Cambiasso too I think is really underappreciated when he was at Inter like he was he's running the show I mean he's, a, he's, he's I think he's the most he's the most decorated Argentinian player I think um, in terms of what he's won in his career mm. um, yeah, Inter Milan when they won the Champions League, and they beat—I think they beat Barcelona in the semi-final, didn't they? Yeah, they were, they were fantastic. Um, but yeah, he was 
again, just came in and, you know, really down to earth. You know, he's got a huge profile, huge career behind him, but came in and just showed real respect to the lads. And But a winner, just a, these players, these top players I mentioned, just all winners. They want to win. They really want to win and they do everything they can to make to make sure they win in terms of why they look after themselves on and off the pitch. Brilliant players. Mm. Yeah, this is what a midfield that is. Blimey. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I think I think it's it gets interesting further forward up the pitch as well, doesn't it? It does, well, that's why I had to go with two strikers, because if I'd gone with one, I'd have been in all sorts of trouble, I think. Yeah. But, look, strikers I played with, again, it's difficult for me because, you know, I play with some t- top players, and I'll, I'll judge this on who I played with, and who yeah. I'm going to be. You know, I played with Teddy Sheringham at Colchester for, for a year, but he was 30, 39, I think, Teddy at the time, maybe 40. So he was coming towards the end of his career. So if I wanted to go for the biggest name I played with, you know, Teddy's going to be one of the players, but um, he was fantastic, Teddy. You know, still a brilliant professional. Um, worked so hard in training. Yeah, top, top, top player and a nice guy as well. And, you know, when I was at Colchester, we didn't have a lot, quite a small club and we used to get tra- change at the stadium and then drive to the training ground. And we also used to share cars and get in different cars, and then Teddy would get in his Bentley. So it was, um, <laughs> it was, it was interesting. In his, yeah, um, always looked brand new as well. Um, I think he must have got it cleaned every day. But yeah, yeah. nice guy. But then Bobby Zamora at Brighton was brilliant when I was coming through as a youngster. Scored some brilliant goals. Always forget about Bobby, but what a player he was. But I'd have to say the two, the two I will go with is Jamie Vardy. Because just never seen anything like him. How quick he was! I mean, he was. I'm, I'm talking lightning. He was so quick, so sharp. Um, brilliant finisher as well. Um, the loudest person in the dressing room. The conf- most confident person you ever meet. And um, that's such a nice, much. nice person. Though really nice. You know, he'd do anything for you. Um, and I'd have to say Ricky Lambert, just because. Both of those, what effect they had, you know, Ricky at Southampton, what he yeah. did for that club, you know, three, four seasons, 30 goals a season in a row, played in the Premier League, played for England, scored on his debut, got his dream move to Liverpool. Yeah. Um, I mean, when he signed for Southampton in League One from Bristol Rovers, um, he worked really hard on his fitness, you know, to, to lose some weight and get himself in shape to become the best player he could. And I don't think he could have ever dreamed of what really happened to him, you know, within... Three years he's in the Premier League, then four or five years he's playing for England, and then he gets his move to, to Liverpool. But, you know, I've never seen a player hit the ball harder or truer. You know, his technique was excellent. Um, but he was like a midfield player, Ricky, but playing out front, he was his assists, you know, him and Adam Lallana used to combine so well together, strong in the air as well. So, really good player, Ricky. Um, and again, underrated, but I mean, what a player. And the best penalty taker you'll ever see. Honestly, yeah. Did he, he ever? No point in taking the penalties. It is. It was a goal straight away. Just a goal. No, I, I can't remember a chance time where anyone even got close to saving one of his. And Jamie, you know, came from non-league. Like I say, quick as anything. Good finisher. Um, and what he's done for Leicester, you know, um, won the Premier League promotion for the Championship. Won the Premier League. Played for England. Played in European Championships. I think he played in the World Cup. 
broke all sorts of records at Leicester. Yeah. Um, you know, broke that record of Van Nistelrooy's consistent amount of goals in, in certain games for um, consistent games in, in the Premier League. And still going strong now. You know, he scored, I don't know, he's, he must have scored 20 goals a season for the last six, seven seasons. So, yeah, them two together. And like you say, little man, big man, them two yeah. together would have, been, would have been some strike force, I must admit. But, you know, I missed out Billy Sharp, good player. David Nugent, again, brilliant player. David Connolly at Southampton, superb player. Lee Barnard was good. Um, I'm probably missing other players out there as well. So, you know, I played with a lot of, lot of good players but those two were yeah exceptional yeah I think Ricky Lambert as well he's, he's been scoring goals for absolute donkey I remember him at Bristol Rovers just banging in as you say 30, 30 a season even then and got got some absolute worldies there and yeah I think that him and Vardy together especially what you're saying about Lambert's sort of link up assists as well that that would be scary Vardy wins the penalties and Lambert sticks him out. It would have been 40 goals a season then. Yeah. Penalties January 1, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the two would have been, yeah, frightening. And the the vodka Red Bull stuff, is that that true? Or at least the the Red Bull and, or is it WKD? Is that all? Is that is that really well, pretty much? You know, he, he, he drinks he drinks Red Bull and drinks a lot of Red Bull. Yeah, I mean, always had a Red Bull in his hand, but worked for him. You know, Jamie's pretty unique. He's uh, yeah, he's pretty unique in in terms of like you say, drinking drinking Red Bull and um, but he's just yeah, he's 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 a great guy and he's an individual. He, he's he's just like I say. The, the familiar trait of all these people work really hard and are good people. Honestly, I couldn't say a bad word about any of them. Um, and Jamie's top of that list, I would say, you know, great person, great, great person, family guy, um, really good friend. And um, yeah, would do anything for anyone. So yeah. And yeah, but you have to be on your toes when you're around him. He, uh, he <laughs> likes a laugh and a joke and he keeps you on your toes. And I used to sit next to him in the dressing room. So yeah, I was always on guard, put it that way. Okay, so he's the the dressing room prankster. Any anyone do you want to share that particularly stand out? Do you know what? Nothing outrageous. Just just loud and brash and, and yeah. bright and funny. Um, but yeah, just yeah, just just a good guy. And um, as long as he was around, there was always something going on. Mm. Nice. I I don't know if you thought of manager, but this is another one where you play for a few. A few top managers. Do you know what? It's a tough one because it's, I always have this conversation with people where I kind of class a manager as different as, as a coach, you know, and a lot of managers now are head coaches. So you'll get yeah, yeah. managers I've played with, some of them are brilliant coaches, but they're not, um, they're better coaches than they are managers. And some of the people I've played for are, are managers and don't really get involved in the coaching. You know, they're really good at picking players and uh, buying players and recruitment. Um, so, you know, again, lots of players. Dean Wilkins I worked with um, at Brighton at Southampton. Um, he was manager, my youth team manager at Brighton, brilliant. My manager at Brighton for a period and then he was assistant manager at, at Southampton as well under Nigel. He was a huge influence on my career, really, really was. And then Alan Pardew was a good manager, good, good manager. And then you've got people like 
you know, Nigel Pearson, Nigel Atkins at Southampton, you know, I probably had the best stage of my career under under those two, really. Yeah. Um, most successful part of my career. But I really enjoyed, you know, Nigel Pearson was probably the best manager I, I, I worked for. Uh, really enjoyed the way he managed, managed, had a real presence about him, a real honesty about him. I, I trusted him as a person, as a manager. I think that's important as a player. If he told you something, it, it was the truth. Um, if he said you were going to play the next game, you played the next game. Um, if he said you were good, you were good. If he said you were bad, you were bad. So, you know, I really, I really liked that and valued that. But I suppose the one one manager I'd like to have played under a little bit more was Gus Poyet. I really enjoyed playing for Gus at Brighton when I came back on loan in between Southampton and Leicester. I went back to Brighton on loan for a year. Um, and like I say, I had a really, really good team, but I liked the way Gus worked. Yeah. Um, training was really good. I think I improved and learned a lot as a player under Gus and enjoyed that year. And I think I would like to have played under him for a couple more seasons. I think that would have really, really enjoyed that. Yeah, he got the Sunderland manager for a bit, when he? he got he got mm-hmm. a couple of prem jobs as well. In terms of like the whole man management versus tactics sort of debate, where are you on on that? Like, what's, I think what's the main thing. I think I think man management is really important in this in, in modern football now. Um, but I think a man manager needs a really good coach under him. Um, Nigel Pearson um, had Craig Shakespeare, who actually went on to be a manager. He's at Norwich now, was at Aston Villa with Dean Smith. And he was a really, really good coach. So I think to be a, a solely a man manager, where you really just concentrate on managing the team and the players, and yeah. don't you do get involved in the tactics, but you don't really get involved in what happens in training and day-to-day sort of things. Um, I think that's that's needed because... Football's different now. You know, there's a lot of psychology in football. Um, The game's a lot more about what's happening in your head, potentially. And I think you need to understand your players and understand them as people, not just as as footballers. Um, And Nigel was really, really good at that. But you do need that tactical side as well. You can't just put 11 players on the pitch and say, right, just go and play. You do need to work um, diligently in in training and have a real philosophy and a direction in how you're going to play. So I think it's needed... Both. But I think the most important thing in modern day football is, is a manager that understands his players and can get his message across. Like Pep Guardiola, like a, a, a Jurgen Klopp. I can imagine playing for those and think, I'm going to run through a brick wall for you because I've got trust. I believe in what you're saying. And I think that's really important. Yeah. And then a new sort of manager type role that I've seen recently. You were one of these, a loan manager. Mm. So when... How did that? How did that come about then? I've, I've not really heard that until maybe like well, a year ago. Yeah, it's an it's an important role. I think Leicester were probably one of the first clubs to do it. To be honest, um, I had the job about three years ago now. I think um, I worked with Harvey Barnes when he was on loan at West Bromwich Albion. Oh. Um, a really really good role, and I think it's virtually every top club has a loan manager now. It's basically it is what it says on the tin. You look after the players that go out on loan. So there'll be, let's say, for instance, when I was at Leicester, the Leicester players that went out on loan, i.e. Harvey Barnes, he went on loan to West Brom. I'd go and watch his games. I'd be his contact between Leicester and um, West Brom. So if he wanted to speak to anyone about anything and just kind of help him and guide him through that process of going out on loan. Because when I was younger and I went on loan, you kind of 
total club you're going to go to and that was it there was no contact from your parent club there was no one really who would come and watch you um you were just left to to get on with it um and I think sometimes when younger especially younger players when they go out on loan they need that help they need that support um whether it's going good or bad they need that guidance going into a new environment a new dressing room maybe they've not played first team football before so it's very very different I think they just need that little bit Knowing that there's someone there for them, I think yeah. it's really important. I really enjoyed the role. I really, really enjoyed it. It's um, and it's getting bigger and bigger. Um, I think there's a department now for for the loan manager. When I was there, it was just me. I was doing everything, so it was. Um, I enjoyed it, and unfortunately, I had to leave the role for for, for family reasons. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great role. Nice. Yeah, I mean loans. I suppose they they've not always been a thing, have they? they but probably the last sort of. 20 years or so and it can it can really make or break a player's career really if, if they get off on the wrong start or not and yeah there's there's obviously a lot it's a lot different now if you're in a Premier League club as a youngster um, than before I mean were you sort of still in the days of like cleaning players boots and and things like that yeah I mean when I was younger we used to clean the boots the balls um, clean all the equipment, um, clean the dressing rooms, stadiums, everything. We, we used to do go to the reserve games. You had to go to the reserve games and, and do the same at the reserve games. So, but I loved it. I absolutely loved that part of it. You know, I used, to, I used to clean. Mickey Adams was my manager when I was a youth team uh, player at Brighton. He used to have to clean his car on a Friday, clean his golf clubs, clean his golf shoes. I loved it though. It was all part of the process for me. I don't see. Yeah. I don't see any problem in that, to be honest. It, it, do you know what? It, it taught me a lot of discipline. You know, I'd not had that at home, really. I was, came from a home where I had a very loving loving parents who, who wanted to do everything for me. So if I'm honest, I was quite lazy at home. So to be, you know, to for that to be open to me and, and shown to me to, to do what I had to do to become a player was, was brilliant. And it taught me real discipline, like I say, and structure. And do you know what it did, mate? It made me really determined. To go, yeah. do you know what? I've had enough of doing this. I want to become a professional. And if I become a professional, I don't have to do this anymore. Um, so I, I think it, it works. And it's a shame, if I'm honest, that um, it's not in the game anymore. Because what it did do as well, it, it brought you closer to the first team because you would have that interaction with the first team because you'd be cleaning their boots, because you'd be cleaning the equipment and, and collecting the equipment. You'd have to go into the first team dressing room. They got to know you then. So when you went and trained with the first team, it wasn't foreign to you. It wasn't like, it wasn't strange. They knew who you were. They knew you by name. Um, so, yeah, I think it helps. And I think there's still a place for it in football. But the game's moved on. It's different now. And um, the higher powers see that it's, it's not right to be in the game anymore. And, and that's fine as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good point about the being closer to the players. Because, like, I guess if you're maybe the star of the youth team, you might get, called up to play with the first team every now and again but yeah to for everyone to kind of build that relationship with each other and yeah with all the kind of youth team reserves and first team all kind of not working together but yeah mixing that that definitely helps and yeah sort of even comes into the whole mentoring thing and and stuff like that whereas yeah now nah, see Premier League especially it seems certain Certain clubs, certain players are kind of already thinking they're superstars and they've not actually kicked a football yet. 
No, but do, do you know what? Do you know what? I don't think that's all the players' faults because that's what the players, younger players, have shown. You know, they get treated like superstars by yeah. the football clubs. You know, at the top level when they're in the academies, they get given everything. They get paid really good money. Um, they get shown the lifestyle. They get shown the life. So that's not totally the players' faults. Um, the players can take responsibility for that and 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 continue to be who they are. They don't have to change, but I don't think it's the players' faults. That's just what they're shown and how the game is now. So I think there needs to be a balance. It needs to be pulled back a little bit. There needs to be that hunger within the younger players. And, you know, you're getting players on 20, 30, 40 grand a week and they've not even got anyone near the first team yet. And I don't think that's right. I think you've got to earn that, in my opinion. And that keeps the fire burning and keeps you hungry to to want to be successful. Yeah, that's how you get a Jamie Vardy or a Ricky Lambert, really. Like you, if they had been, you know, pampered from from youth, then that they wouldn't have had that that hard work or that determination. I I don't think, and yeah, they they wouldn't be the players that they were. No, I agree, and I think, like we mentioned before, I think that's why the loan the loan system is so important because you get the players from the Premier League and they do go on loan to teams in League One, League Two, the Championship. And it opens your eyes because it's not all, you know, if you're just brought up in a, a Premier League academy and you're around the Premier League club with fantastic facilities, brilliant training grounds, everything's done for you. You kind of think football's like that at every level and it's not. So I think that's there, that's where there's some value in going out on loan because it opens your eyes to, to what the rest of the game potentially can be like. And if, you know, in terms of kind of motivate you to think, well, actually, I want to stay in the Premier League club. I want to stay at the big club because it's, it's brilliant there. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's why the loan system can really work for players. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, I've got I've got a couple of questions for you. They're a little bit quick fire. Um, best player that you've ever played against? Oh, I mean, you could go for biggest names: Gerard, Rooney, Lampard, players like that. But Fabregas, Hazard. But the player that gave me the most problems was would be Özil when I played Arsenal for Leicester. He was Brilliant, absolutely exceptional. His awareness was uh, amazing, and it was when he was in his prime. Um, so yeah, as a well, Arsenal. Yeah, he liked playing against Leicester. Probably enjoyed playing against me as well. <laughs> well, you never know. We might get him on and ask him. Uh, it's yeah. not a difficult one. Right? And uh, I suppose the two part are kind of best slash. Most intimidating atmosphere you've you've sort of played in. Oh wow! Most intimidating atmosphere. Um, do you know what? I was a player, and I never really got intimidated in terms of crowds. I always felt, if anything, it motivated me. I, I, I think it, I enjoyed it more when it was quite a hostile. So you would atmosphere. have been you would have been intimidated by the the lockdown then. And the, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Look, do you know what's what a brilliant start? Yeah, that's that's a brilliant, you know, playing in empty stadiums. I don't know how that would have been for me. I, you know, part of the bars that I enjoyed was walking out to, you know, the packed stadiums and the noise and the songs and the expectation and the celebrations and uh, the moaning and the booing. I loved, I loved all that. Um, I, I thrived off that, to be honest. So, yeah, I may have, it's a great question. I may have struggled with that, to be honest. But, Intimidating atmosphere. Do you know what? Best stadium I played at or best atmosphere? No, best stadium I played at was, was Anfield. Love that. Um, 
the, the Southampton Portsmouth derby is pretty hostile. That was that was that was pretty oh, intense. I, yeah, yeah, played in that a couple of times, and that was that was pretty intense. But again, really, really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, I played at some played at Wembley in a full house, but we won that game four one, so it wasn't that hostile. It was it was, it was nice. It was a joyous day. But yeah, look, the, Southampton Portsmouth was a pretty fierce derby. That was good. Yeah, that's I I I didn't realise that to be fair. I've not I've not heard too much about that one when it comes to like the, the top ones in England. But yeah, I'll have to that's made me think. That's that's interesting though. Um that, that Ozil as well gave you more problems than, than anyone else. But yeah, he is he is a top player. He he has his his moments for sure. Um just just not so much in the last two or three years but <laughs> unfortunately not I wish I played against him when he was like that but no yeah, yeah that would have been good nice player. really good yeah but Dean it's been a pleasure cheers for for coming on and, and talking through your team and it I've got to say it's some team it might be the best one that, that we've had on actually uh, that especially that midfield that, that midfield is a joke it's, yeah, yeah. Look, it's it's uh, like you say, it's a it's a good team. So yeah, it was probably harder in training every day than playing in games, if I'm honest. But um, <laughs> it was uh, yes, yeah, I was very lucky to play with such good players. I must admit. Nice. Um, before we let you go, have you got anything you want to you plug, like your podcast or anything like that? No, do you know what? I'm all good. The podcast is is on hold a little bit. There's, there's, but you know, life outside of sport is a podcast that I'm involved in. Um, it's going to start up again soon. So, um, in terms of a few more guests, and that's just talking about you know, talking to players in their their experiences in and out of football, really, and um, what it's like when the game's over for them, really, and how they've handled it, and um, what they're up to now, and um, passing on their experiences to others. Um, to try and help them with the, the transition away from the game. So, yeah, I've got a lot of passion for that and, and love doing it. And um, I think it's how, you know, you can, you know, footballers, especially footballers, can can get more support is, is from their, their former or fellow colleagues, really, because um, it's a relatable story and we've all been through it and it's, it's not easy. Being a footballer is a brilliant crew, the best thing in the world, but once that bubble bursts, it's, um, yeah, it's an inter- it's interesting experience. Um, I must admit. Um, so yeah, that that will be starting up again soon. So life out of sport, life outside of sport. Sorry. Nice. Yeah, it's a great concept. To be fair, and yeah, as you say, I think it it just helps, doesn't it? If if you can kind of talk to your colleagues and relive some some of their memories and and talk about the future as well. So yeah, really really good topic. And thanks again, Dean, for coming on. And remember to keep it. Clear, 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 clear. Three, 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 three. No, 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 no.